Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, January the 13th, on what uh, will soon become a very frigid North Texas. Uh, as I speak to you early, early evening Saturday, uh, the temperatures are dropping dramatically. And by, I guess, Monday morning, uh, yeah, Monday morning, we're going to have a, a really interesting combination of rain and snow and some very low temperatures, and it's just going to be uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So let me say hello to our friend uh, Rodriguez down in San Antonio. George, is it is it that way down there as well, or is it just up uh, here? We don't anticipate the 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 precipitation, the rain, uh, as much, but uh, it is going to get frigid. We anticipate that uh, it will get something down to like about fifteen degrees. Wow! Now again, in South Texas, we have. Uh, these bouts of really cold weather, but then within 48 hours, it bounces back. So, right. You know, we well, put it for a little bit. <laughs> it's it's going to be like that here too. By Wednesday and Thursday, it's going to be back in the high 40s. It, it, it's just going to be that period between, I guess, late Saturday night. Or 48 and hours when it's going to be cold. It's going to be yeah. very cold. It is going to get very cold. And uh, it's just, you know, in, in a way, for many people, it's going to be a holiday on Monday because of Martin Luther King Day. So many, at least the government offices, post office, banks, and many will be closed. That they've canceled the parades. They've canceled the celebration. They did. And, 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 and just again. And, and Waco have uh, canceled events. Well, I think up here they canceled it too. It was just too cold. I yeah. mean, on uh, just dangerously cold. But anyway, congratulations to the Houston Texans. I keep wanting to say Houston Oilers, but I know that they're, they're the Houston Texans. They're moving on. They're moving on to the next round. And, of course, the Cowboys are going to be playing on Sunday. So uh, depending on when you hear this, uh, George and I are going to either be very happy or very gloomy. It just all depends, uh, you know, what time you hear us. But let me – I want to talk a lot today about what's happening in Eagle Pass. That's been in the news nationally. Uh, just to recap, the governor has used his uh, emergency powers to basically take over uh, the, a section of Eagle Pass, not the whole city, but a park, I believe, there in Eagle Pass. And I wanted to, to hear from you a little bit about what, what you saw down there and what, uh, what you think of the governor's action. But I want to go back very briefly, though, before we get to the current events and remember this day, January 13th, 1982, that terrible air crash, that Air Florida air crash in Washington, D.C., and you were in Washington, D.C. at the time. Any any recollections of that uh, terrible day? Oh, lots, yes. I remember, first of all, there was a, that it was a terrible blizzard that had blown in. Um, there, was, uh, there was the forecast of a blizzard that was going to come in, a northeastern, as they call it, a nor'eastern. Uh, and... Um, uh, the day started out, the morning started out very, very cold, but uh, no snow. And uh, then suddenly by about um, uh, 10 o'clock, it started coming down hard. And by noon, it was really coming down very, very hard. And it was, it was not the, you know, the pretty uh, little flakes of snow that you see uh, in movies. This was very, very heavy, thick snow that was falling. And um, consequently, uh, it uh, it covered the the streets. It covered areas very very quickly. The other thing about this kind of wet, heavy snow is that it also 
is heavy. And um, there, uh, the the uh, crash out at uh, at uh, National Airport occurred because they kept de-icing the planes and they kept trying to get them out on time. And uh, as time went on, the de-icing efforts be, uh, fell behind schedule, and uh, the wings obviously were getting much heavier. Not to mention the intake intake of the engines. And um, the one that got um, uh, the fatal one for this uh, uh, Air Florida uh, was caused by wet snow and thick, heavy uh, wind uh, wings. Yeah, it was a very sad day. Now, there were, uh, for those who remember that day, there were some unbelievable human heroes that day. Uh, People who literally, you know, helped get people out of the water. Uh, the passengers who were driving by. And then, of course, there were several passengers in the plane who were unbelievable in helping their fellow passengers get out. One in particular, whose name I don't remember, but I think they named a park after him. Uh, Just an absolutely, I mean, just an incredible story of courage. So sometimes in these tragedies, there are always incredible examples of humanity and courage. And we saw that without question uh, that day, but I, I, when I saw this, you know, event 42 years ago, it reminded me that you were in Washington. So I wanted to get your perspective. Well, let's come to Texas and talk. Um, my goodness, uh, we're in. The governor has used uh, what he describes as emergency powers that he clearly has under the Constitution. I mean, he's not making up anything, and he has decided to take over this park in Eagle Pass. And the, the the governor is basically saying, look, you know, this park is a pathway for illegal immigration. The federal government is not doing its job. So I'm stepping in. Now, it's a very bold move. The, the Biden White House has already apparently called on the Supreme Court to step in. So we'll see where all of this goes. But I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to blame the governor, uh, George. Yeah. Well, we've got to understand, first of all, the city government of, uh, of Eagle Pass, while it, it has been under uh, stress because of, the, um, because, because of all of the uh, illegal immigration that crosses through the city, uh, it remains a Democrat bastion. And uh, they, uh, they have been uh, slow in many cases to uh, react, uh, to protect uh, the border as per what the the governor wants to do. This city park, or this state park rather, this state park that is there has become a landing site and a staging area uh, for illegal aliens to come across, uh, be processed by the border patrol, uh, and then and then walk in. Now, this is a, an area that does not have the Constantina wire, the, the razor wire, it, because it's a park. It does not have the wire. Const, consequently, it's very easy for people to walk walk in and walk through. Uh, so the st- the action that the um, governor has taken is very, very, in my, imagine, in my, in my uh, opinion, it's been very, very logical. You close it off, and therefore... There is no more open gate at that point. Um, again, because the uh, uh, this effort uh, to control uh, the border 
uh, is something that the Biden administration thinks it's only for them. And at the same time, they are not doing it. They're complaining about it. Right. Now, very importantly, Silvio, yesterday uh, or day before yesterday, there was a court decision, an appellate court decision that told the Biden administration that they could not tell uh, the state of Texas not to remove uh, right. or to remove uh, the wire. Is it the wire or the barriers in the, in the, the, oh. the wire? Oh. The wire, yeah. Because there's two, not, not to interrupt you, but just to put it in perspective for those who may not be familiar. There are currently two lawsuits. Uh, one is the what, whatever they call that on the on the river, whatever they call that, and they're like the barriers. Yeah, they're like little barriers on the river, and then you have the wire, the razor wire, the razor wire. So that that's the one you're talking about. That's the one, and that and and the court has said that uh, the that the federal government cannot tell them to remove it, nor can they remove it. So that's a big victory for uh, for 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 the state yeah. of Texas. Now well, that's, it's a big uh, victory. That's gonna, that's, in, in that's gonna... Let me just add something very quickly. I don't. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to get this in to put some context. It's a big victory because I think a lot of Democrats thought that the minute they run to the to the federal courts over these actions, that the federal courts were going to immediately, uh, you know, opine against Texas. But that's not happening. Uh, the federal courts are willing to listen to more information. Now, eventually, they may rule against Texas. I'm not that they won't. But at least they're not shutting it down right away, George, which at least suggests to me that maybe some of these judges are actually watching the same thing on TV that you and I are watching on the border, George. Oh, they obviously have to. And I really I, I really am very, very optimistic that eventually all of these cases are going to be combined uh, to get to the Supreme Court uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, force the federal government to do something to protect the state and to protect the nation, because right. uh, I, I think it's been very wisely uh, approached by uh, the governor and by the attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton, that they have taken this uh, battle on in increments. Right. They've done this, they've done that, they've done this, they've done that. And all the way up to the court, they will be able to prove, look, we have done everything within our power to stop this invasion. And that's what it is. I mean, it continues uh, 5,000 uh, yesterday in one day. Right. 5,000. Now, I think what the federal government is going to... I was listening to a podcast earlier today of uh, three lawyers who were, who were saying that what the federal government is going to argue is that this is not technically an invasion. <clears throat> that, uh, you know, they're going to argue that. Yes, right. Yeah. Because these are not soldiers coming in in an invasion what texas you know what the other lawyer was saying is that what texas is going to try to say that it's not an invasion in the sense they're coming in with you know armies with guns, right with guns. but it's an invasion in the sense that it's something that is planned and coordinated right. in other words these people are not just getting on a train Exactly. You know, you don't have thousands of people get on a train and travel all through Mexico to the border. They are being helped in in uh, exactly in in Central America. They are being helped uh, in in staging areas in Mexico. Uh, you know, when people arrive, they've got uh, cell phones. Uh, they've got uh, uh, knowledge of where they're going to go. Um, they uh, and then once they cross, they are assisted, like for here in Sa here in San Antonio with getting to their uh, to their destinations with their families. 
it is planned, it is coordinated. And right. it's not like, you know, they just come in and that's the end of it. It's not Ellis Island, 1890, when people got off the, but, uh, the, the boat and said, here I am, now where do I go? Right. Well, it's also not like the border used to be, or at least the people crossing. Uh, in the past, before you had these coordinated caravans and all of that, what you had over the years, and you know this as well as anybody having grown up in South Texas, and what you had over the years was people would come in individually. There might be two or three in a group or six or seven guys in a group, but it was basically people acting or on their own. They would just kind of get together and say, let's cross. Maybe they pay a coyote or something to uh, to come over. Uh, but it was not, it, it's not like this where it's no. coordinated. And I think that's what, what Texas is going to argue. And we will see. I to see this whole case, George, this whole issue go before the Supreme Court as soon as possible because the court has to rule on, on this situation. Can we, do this? can we endure this kind of stuff? Yes. And the Supreme Court is going to have to say, what happens when the federal government does, doesn't do its job? Exactly. Does, does a that's state the then, line. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Does a state then have the right to say, you know, we're we're going to protect our property and we're going to protect our, 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 our state? And, and then, of course, George, and you know this, uh, some of the reports that you've done, the expenses of all this stuff is for the state uh, of I mean, this you, is incredible. Yeah, let me tell you that uh, on my show uh, this afternoon, I had Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County. Kenny County is where Brackettville is. And they had a chase last week that ended up in probably the most expensive amount of damage uh, in the history of, uh, of car chases, uh, of human smuggling chases. And uh, this individual, this human smuggler, went through two counties uh, and uh, went through eight ranches, very large ranches, destroyed fence after fence after fence. And uh, they, uh, Sheriff Coe estimates it was about $150,000 worth of damage that was done uh, to these uh, properties. That, um, you know, that is something that it never used to happen. It never used to happen. No. It, you know, the, there were some isolated cases once in a while, but this was this is almost a, this is daily. a routine. This is daily. This is and daily and that is where there are, are, are chases, where there are wrecks, where there's property damage. Not as high as 150000 but there's always a daily situation like that. Well, but also, I mean, you, you're taking the police from doing their daily jobs. Oh, uh, and, yes. and they're now, I mean, they're they're now engaged in an activity that they're not funded for, they're not prepared for. And, uh, you know, you heard, uh, I think it was uh, not Eagle Pass, but one of the other towns on the border, the police chief said, I don't have any money. Exactly. I'm used to, I mean, I used my entire budget already. Not this year, but I mean last year. Used my entire budget already. And, and that's, uh, well, what's interesting, though, is that what you're hearing from people in Texas about the cost of all of this, you're also hearing it from New York, from oh. Chicago. Uh, the mayor, uh, the right. governor of right. Illinois has just sent the letter to the, the governor of Texas saying, can you please stop this during the winter? We don't have any room. Uh, in Chicago, I guess they're putting them in the airport in O'Hare Airport. That's where they're putting them right yeah, now. Well, in which Chicago, is... they were also putting them in the um, in in the police department, police uh, stations, which was really crazy. I mean, they were there were people all over the police stations. They were sleeping. right. 
Right. No, you're right. And in, in New York, of course, last week they moved out, they moved a bunch of them into a public school. And then they told the parents, you know, class online tomorrow. And parents probably thought there was some problem in the school. And it turns out that they were housing. I mean, I just think this thing has been so poorly, poorly managed by the, fe- <laughs> by the federal government. That, that is why I think I, I have a funny feeling that the Supreme Court is going to say, you know, guys, you've got a case here. You've got a point here. Now, what the Supreme Court does, it's hard to tell. Maybe they'll give the the federal government a chance to do something. Yeah. There, there's also a, a an effort within the Senate and the House to try to come up with some kind of a resolution for this crisis. I have no idea what what they're gonna end up doing, but man, but here here's the other thing too, where I, I understand the governor's frustration in another level. You have a delegation of the United States that goes down to meet with President Lopez Obrador of Mexico. So they go down there. They're saying, "Hey, you know, Mr. President, what you know, how can we work together?" And the president of Mexico says, "Well, I'll help you, but you're gonna have to give twenty billion dollars." <laughs> To some of my, uh, he didn't specify who, but I mean, we we know where the money's going. It's going to his left wing friends in Nicaragua, in Cuba, and Venezuela. And I want you to drop the, you know, I want you to drop the the boy the embargo against Cuba, and I want you to drop the sanctions against Venezuela. And then, last but not least, you're going to have to legalize 10 million people. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, so Lopez Obrador is now conducting the dictating. foreign policy of the United States. Dictating to Dictating. And, and it's like, you know, you have to sit there and, and say it's not a serious government. I mean, I mean Biden. I mean, this is Biden should shut down Lopez Obrador and said, Well, you don't have anything to say when it comes to the embargo or the sanctions or money going anywhere. You have got to take care of your country and then. We'll talk about those other issues later, uh, George. It, it, it is it is really, I mean, it shows the weakness of this federal government, of the Biden administration. It absolutely shows the weakness. I mean, we don't have to look at the Middle East and what is going on there to see his weakness. His weakness in handling the border is absolutely uh, outrageous. It is really, really uh, symptomatic, uh, emblematic of how... Uh, weak this this president is and um you know from day one from the time that they that they uh got sworn in and took over this border uh has been a crisis and it's gone downhill and uh it, it for mexico to be dictating uh when all we would have to do is just shut it down and that's the end of it and you know stop sending the money and they would t- turn, change their tune immediately. Uh, is is really sad. It really, uh, it, it's re- it really makes me feel so frustrated. And and that's, and I'm sure that you know the governor is reacting the same way we are. I mean, look, Mexico can do a lot, and it did a lot actually under President Trump. Uh, they accepted the Remain in Mexico policy, which I think was very effective. And we could go back to that. But no, they, you know, they, they want to legalize people. They, you know, they want money, $20 billion, I guess, to deal with the root causes of the immigration. No, the root cause of the immigration is that they can get in. That's it. 
that's the root cause. Yeah, you changed that and you don't have these caravans. It's as simple as that. You didn't have these caravans 10 years ago, five years ago. I mean, you've always had people trying to get in, of course. But it wasn't this org organized oh, yeah. effort. And those people that 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 tried to get in, the majority of them were caught and deported. And that's not happening at all right now. That is not. They claim that people are being deported. Uh, maybe maybe a hundred here and there. Maybe. Now something interesting too that I heard, and I'd like you to confirm it to see if you heard the same thing. That the the border agents when they were moved out, they were actually happy. That, President, that Governor Abbott did what he did. In other words, they, they were being moved out, but they were saying, we're glad that Governor Abbott is doing what he did. The union president, I believe, uh, was happy to hear what the governor was doing. Now, that's something I read. I don't know if that's true. Have you heard something similar? Yes, definitely. I spoke, I've spoken to, to Border Patrol agents. They were very, very happy. They are, they are all feeling very, very frustrated and very, very uh, uh, down um depressed because they have been in, instead of doing enforcement as they were hired to do they are doing more greeting than anything else they're doing more processing than they are doing anything else um they don't have a chance to actually uh check people's backgrounds uh to any great detail so they are very very frustrated and um the uh uh, the wire, when it was first put in, the uh, Border Patrol agents applauded it. They, they supported it. They backed off. They quietly, behind the scenes, helped uh, the public, Department of Public Safety tell them where the pla best places were to put it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you have seen uh, pictures of, of uh, Border Patrol agents cutting wire, and that is very rare. That is very rare. Unfortunately, there are situations that have happened like that, and they've been blown up by either people who are fanatic and absolutely uh, crazed over the issue that, uh, that that the Border Patrol would cut it, uh, or uh, just by the liberal media that uh, is trying to say, look, see, it's a humanitarian effort that they are doing to uh, to counter what, what the governor is doing. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, the governor. The governor is supported 100% on this whole situation. What What do you think, George? Is the politics of all of this? Obviously, uh, from our side of the of the political field, you know, the governor is getting a lot of support. Uh, I know he's getting a lot of criticism. Some people are already calling him a dictator. <laughs> you expected that, but what do you think is you know the general reception of of Texas voters? My gut feeling is that most people are happy that he's doing. Oh, they're that. very happy. I think so. I think I think the vast majority of voters in Texas applaud it. Uh, they see it. They know that there are problems. Uh, I get comments on a daily basis from people that drive up and down that have that are very not political people who are not political at all, but they drive down San Pedro Avenue right there where where the where the uh, which is a main thoroughfare in San Antonio right there where the migrant center is, and they see what is happening. They see uh, the tons of folks that are out just walking around, loitering, uh, lounging around, and uh, and it, it bothers them. It bothers them. I mean, uh, who are they? And then again, they see a lot of these folks are young men. And what are they going to do? I mean, what are they, uh, uh, what, what is their vocation? 
Right. It is very, very, it is very, very worse, worrisome to anyone who is watching uh, with a uh, with an open eye of what is happening with this immigration mm -hmm. issue. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in not so much in the primaries because the primaries in the in the Democrat side are always going to be, of course, emphasizing more liberal issues. I don't even know how many competitive primaries there are uh, in both parties. There may be some, but not many. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out when we, we get more into the general election, because I think uh, Senator Cruz, I know, is going to be very uh, you know, upfront about this. And I'm interested what his Democrat opponent is going to say, because what they always call for, and this happens to me every time I go on, on Spanish uh, speaking TV and, and this subject comes up and the Democrats always says, well, we need immigration reform. Yeah. And I mean, that seems to be the, the, you know, the automatic vending machine answer, you know, you put the, and I always say, okay, like, like who, who, who need, I mean, explain what are the details? What is, what is the detail reform? What plan? are the details? Because plan. the reality is that immigration reform is not going to do anything about the people coming in. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're not even giving I mean, a quick and, and easy amnesty is what they're talking right. about. Right. But, but immigration reform would apply to people who are already here. Yeah. Or have been here for a while if, if it's done. But somebody who comes in on the basis of you have a piece of paper and let's see if a judge agrees or disagrees with your claim, that person wouldn't qualify for immigration reform anyway uh, in, in the best scenario because we don't even know if they're going to pass the the asylum test when they when they meet with the judge. So my guess is that that's what the Democrats are going to say. And I hope that uh, Senator Cruz has a good answer for that. I think he will. I, well, I, I was just reading that um, that uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke has been um, uh, is going to be leading a um, a pack, right? A pack, that is yeah. Funded heavily. That is funded. I think one hundred percent by George Soros. And this pack is going to uh, provide funding uh, to uh, Texas uh, elected officials or to Texas uh, candidates uh, so that they can try to turn the uh, state as blue as they can. Um, again, the question is, one thing is to give them money. Another thing is, what kind of a message are they going to be? Right. Do they have to play with? Well, that's the problem. I mean, you can give them all the money you want, but if the message is not there, and I, I don't think that... I mean, uh, I've told many Democrats this uh, in person or whenever I've been on on some of these debates on TV. And I always say to them, look, look, if you want to win in Texas, it's doable. You can do it. But you're going to have to nominate people who can win in Texas, not San Francisco. Exactly. And if, if you if you can do that, then you're going to be uh, more more competitive. But anyway, we'll talk more about the primaries the next time. But um Anything else you want to say about Eagle Pass? Anything that we overlooked, uh, George? No, I think uh, you know the. It, it's going to be a. Um, it, it's going to be like Bunker Hill. It's going to be a a very very uh, telling moment uh, because the state has acted, whereas the federal government has not. Nice. And uh, it, it, it that I think this is going to bring it to a head. Uh, I think so, and I think that's. That's what the governor wants, actually. I think, I think so, that my feeling is that he's yeah. driving this. He's forcing the courts to take a look at this. And, and that's a good thing, I think. The courts do need to take a look at it. Well, George, uh, again, congratulations to the Houston, Texas, like Texans. 
I always say Houston Oilers. I'm still not over that. I know it's been a long time ago, but or I the still Washington say Redskins that are coming into town tomorrow. Yes, uh, the Washington Redskins are always uh, a fun team to. We used to follow that team, I think. But anyway, the uh, congratulations to the Texans, and uh, let's hope the the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my very partisan Cowboys. Uh, no I bipartisanship here. No I, bipartisanship when it comes to the football team. I have faith they're going to win. I think so. I think they're going to play well and uh, move on to the next uh, target. And and you and I will get together probably sometime next week because I think sometime next week there may be there's going to be a resolution. Yeah, there'll be a lot going on. But have a great uh, Saturday night and stay warm. And uh, we will uh, speak again, George. Thank you, as always, for your time. You got it. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Our good friend George Rodriguez from South Texas talking about this situation in Eagle Pass, uh, which is, a, you know, a, I'm not going to say explosive because there's not going to be any violence or anything like that. There shouldn't be. But it, it is, uh, I think the governor is taking it right to the federal government and say, look, if you're not going to act, I'm going to act. And hopefully this is what gets these cases in the Supreme Court. And let's see what the Supreme Court says after they hear both sides. I wrote a post a few days ago in which I indicated that these cases are a real risk for the Biden administration because they may win, but they may lose. And I don't think that winning or losing is is that predetermined here. Uh, I think that, you know, I can see a situation where the, the court says, yes, it is the, you know, the federal government is responsible for the border. But if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, maybe Texas should do it. I can see that 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 decision, Supreme Court, and that of course would be a real blow to uh, to the Biden administration, a very serious blow, not only in terms of policy, but in terms of credibility. Well, go Cowboys! And if you're in the North Texas area, don't forget to dress up. It is really going to be nasty. I'm talking to you, you know, Saturday night. And for the next 24 hours, this place is going to be very cold. So uh, if you're going out, make sure you dress up properly because it is going to be a very cold uh, North Texas. It'll come back to reality, I guess, the middle of the week. But it's going to be a very cold uh, 48 hours. Have a great day, everybody. This is Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.